Welcome to this edition of Community Matters Podcast, where we explore issues and provide information important to the management and governance of condos, cooperatives, and homeowner associations. My name is Tony Campisi, Executive Director of Community Associations Institutes, Pennsylvania and Delaware Valley Chapter. We'll be exploring some maintenance issues in this episode. Issues related to your home's roof, maintenance and repair, siding repairs and maintenance, and of course, replacement. Our guest today is Joe Santucci, Senior Project Consultant and Insurance Mediator for G. Fidel Roofing, located in Newport, Delaware. G. Fidel Roofing is a member of CAI and is a family-owned business that has been serving all of Delaware, South Jersey, and Southeast Pennsylvania for more than 13 years. Welcome, Joe. Thank you, Tony. Thank you for having me. Let's talk first about some issues related to roofs, roof maintenance, and replacement. So, Joe, when it comes to replacing a shingle roof, does does a one-size-fits-all approach work, or are there specific things certain homeowners or property managers need to look for? It's a great question. Uh, unfortunately, there is no one-size-fits-all for shingle roof replacement. Um, there's a lot of factors that need to be considered. Um, mostly, you want to look at pitch, uh, ventilation on the roof, um, how the roof is uh, breathing. Um, you also want to determine wind factors and uh, what the best uh, product for your application would be. So, yeah, unfortunately, you're going to have to look at, uh, uh, have several experts take a look at the roof to help you to determine those factors. So it's pretty specific to the project? That's correct. Um, what kind of timeline should be expected on a project and what are some challenges during a shingle roof replacement that homeowners or property managers should consider? So uh, timeline is going to be dependent on the size of the project, uh, but it traditionally can be a pretty quick turnaround if it's planned correctly. So depending on the contractor that you hire for the project, um, they're going to want to set up everything in advance and have everything prepared uh, so it can move quickly and smoothly. So uh, depending on the, the size of the building uh, would really determine uh, the, the speed on when it can be completed. Some expectations uh, to think about that can help the project would be uh, dumpster placement. Where are you going to put the dumpster? Where are you going to put uh, your material? And how does that affect the actual demo of the existing roof? Um, which they're key factors on keeping it clean and also uh, keeping it efficient. So uh, what, what should communication be like between the contractor and the homeowners who are impacted by the project? We feel communication is vital uh, to our success. So uh, we suggest a daily communication and a daily update uh, with expectations on time frame. So sometimes hard when there's multiple owners, owners of, a, of a building to stay in touch. But with today's technology and email and text messaging, we can definitely set up um, email updates, which are great uh, to help during the project. But communication is very important. Even if it's a simple note uh, on the homeowner's door uh, each day, it's very, very important to keeping, keeping uh, a satisfied customer. 
So, Joe, tell me, how frequently should the roof be inspected and what are some good things to look for during a ground inspection? So we would recommend uh, anytime there is a large storm to inspect the roof, do a walk around on the property, um, and look for any type of damages. At minimum, you want to be ex in doing a physical inspection twice a year to ensure that you don't have any glaring issues or problems that could result in a leak. But in particular with storms, um, there's a lot of things you can look for from the ground uh, that'll give you an idea if there's damages. The main thing that we see uh, is missing tabs or mo missing roof tiles or shingles from wind or tree damage. Um, so you want to keep a close eye out on that. Some of the smaller things are not visible from the ground depending on the height of the building. But uh, I would say after uh, any significant storm, uh, you should certainly uh, inspect the roof. Um, as opposed to a ground inspection, Joe, how often does it make sense for you to actually get up on the roof and do a physical inspection? We would say twice a year uh, would be ideal. Early spring and late fall are the two key times to do an inspection. Going into the winter, you want to make sure everything looks good. And depending on uh, how harsh the winter is, early spring is key. So they're, they're the two, two key times on, on actually doing a rooftop inspection besides after a storm. Let's talk about caulking for a second. When is, is caulking a good solution if the roof is in disrepair as opposed to a more expensive and major replacement? This question we get a lot. Unfortunately, caulk is not a long-term solution. You can do it in an emergency uh, case. Uh, that you need to stop roof leak, uh, but on shingle roof, it's not a long-term solution to your problem. Uh, there's flashing details that are designed uh, not to have caulk on, and caulking in some cases can actually have a negative ref uh, effect to the problem. So I would use it on, a, on an emergency basis, but not as a long-term solution. T tell me a couple things about what homeowners should do in terms of finding a qualified roof contractor. Well, there's a lot of ways of going about it. Fortunately, today we have modern technology and you can research the different local roofing companies in your area. I would recommend uh, looking into the Better Business Bureau, reviewing their insurance qualifications. And after you whittle down four or five uh, contractors getting referrals uh, and not just any referral, um, a referral that's similar to your application. So when asking for a referral from the uh, contractor, uh, you want to make sure that it's qualified to something similar to, to your project. There is another way as well, if there's a specific manufacturer that you prefer to use, uh, being GAF, or certainty, depending on the shingle manufacturer uh, that you would choose, you can also reach out to them directly and they'll help to pair you with qualified bidders for your project. Okay, Joe, let's turn to the topic of siding. What are some issues that are commonly seen with vinyl siding in a multifamily setting or building? Well, uh, common, commonly we see a lot of blown off uh, vinyl siding, uh, especially recently uh, in Lower Delaware, there's definitely uh, a common theme with that. Um, you also see bulging a lot of times with with vinyl uh, from in improper installation. 
or settling of the building um, where the siding actually bulges out a little bit from uh, from the building. Some of the uh, smaller things you'll find, broken pieces from weed eaters at the base of the home or broken pieces from either a tree or different objects um, hitting the vinyl itself. But most commonly, we see a lot of uh, a wind damage. What's the difference between vinyl and, and fiberman siding? I'm not from, I haven't heard that term before and I suspect there's many others who don't know the difference. So vinyl is probably the most common in our area. It's more of a plastic type feel on the siding. Um, there's also fiber cement, which is a cementitious siding, basically a cement board that has fibers embedded in it for reinforcing. It is a very fast growing sector uh, of our business. Uh, the fiber cement siding and uh, is a great product and definitely something that we see often. Are, are there advantages or disadvantages to each type of siding? Is one more durable uh, and, and less easily damaged? Uh, again, particularly in a multifamily environment? There is. Vinyl is going to be uh, more cost effective uh, than fiber cement. Fiber cement uh, is going to be uh, more durable, definitely a more solid product less likely to uh, break from that weed eater trimming at the base or that child that is throwing a lacrosse ball at the siding. <laughs> um, so there is some, some advantages to that, uh, especially on multifamily. Uh, and we're certainly seeing a trend towards the fiber cement. Is the fiber cement more expensive than vinyl, I would assume? It is. The labor to install it is a little bit more and the product it's, as well uh, costs a little bit more. but. It's typically a very good return uh, on the investment, not just maintenance-wise, um, but look and feel to the building. It certainly brings value to it as well. What are some common issues that are seen with uh, fiber cement installations? So uh, that's probably uh, the biggest disadvantage if um, there's a lot of companies out there familiar with installing vinyl, but not familiar with installing fiber cement. And the manufacturers of the fiber cement siding have specific details on how to install it. So for example, um, the siding uh, where it meets grade needs to come off the grade uh, about three inches or where it meets a roof line. It needs to come off the roof line. They don't recommend it uh, budding to grade or to a roof line. They also, uh, it requires caulking at the different joints, so outside corners and inside corners or around window trims. So they're common issues that we see. Well as with fiber cement, you're fastening the cement board tight to the wall versus vinyl, you're leaving that nail loose. And sometimes we'll see with fiber cement some over nailing where the contractor may have had the pressure set too high on their nail gun and it actually causes the cement board to break while installing it and they don't realize it uh, and then three or four years in the future that where the nail is and that fracture of the fiber cement board gets worse and causes it to slip or start to fall off, off the home. Joe, one of the one of the most important things to a property manager is preparing their homeowners before the start of a large uh, construction project. How do you assist them in doing that on, on a project like this? Well, communication is key. 
uh, and setting expectations on time frame, material delivery, dumpster placement, where they need to park their vehicles, and a safe area for foot traffic. So being able to communicate that to our customers um, and setting them up for success before the project starts it is very important to the success of the project. Uh, what types of challenges should homeowners or property managers anticipate during a siding replacement project? Some of the challenges would be noise. It can be a noisy project. So if they have pets or small children, something they want to keep in mind throughout the project. Also, it can be an inconvenience to them on parking their vehicle or having designated areas for foot traffic because a lot of times there'll be material either through the demo process uh, or through the install where uh, that is blocking areas around their home. So it's challenging. But if the expectations are set correctly to the owners um, and the communication was done well, then a lot of the aggravation of the project can be avoided. Okay, I want to thank you, Joe, for joining me uh, and for answering these questions and providing some insights for our listeners on these home maintenance issues. For those of you who may want more information on this topic, you can contact Glenn Fidel Sr. at Glenn, G-L-E-N-N, dot fidel f-e-d-a-l-e-s-r at gfidelroof.com you can also visit their website at www.gfidelroof.com for more resources on other topics regarding the management or governance of your condominium cooperative or homeowners association please contact cai or visit our website at www.cai-pa-delval.org Thank you for listening.